the number one thing we always say is don't overthink it. We were pumping out so much content that sometimes we're afraid to let something out because once it's out, you're like, oh my God, I wish I did that differently. Da -da -da -da. We get so in our heads. The real magic is just when that idea comes up, you do it and then you get it out. The magic's already there. So don't overthink and just get it out there. That was Andrew Din talking about the influencer world. And this is So You Work in Entertainment. My name is Adam Klaus, and I've been a full-time voice actor for the last eight years. I didn't really know that you could do that until I was already doing it myself, which made me realize that there are thousands of jobs in the entertainment industry that most people just don't know about. This is the podcast where I talk to the people who do those jobs. And before I take you to my conversation with talent manager Andrew Din, I need to throw this out there for context. I really tried to get Andrew to throw me some numbers in this conversation, which you'll hear, and he deflected beautifully. Rates are really tough to pin down in this world, but for general context, if you have 100,000 to a million followers, you could be pulling 1,000 to $10,000 a video. I know that's all over the place, but it's just to say that there's some real money involved in this. I learned a lot in my conversation with Andrew Din, and I take you to it now. Thank you for coming on, Andrew. Thank you for having me. So you work in entertainment? I do. What do you do? I am a talent manager. A talent manager? Yes. Okay. How did you get into that? That's a long story, actually, but the condensed version is I got into it about like six or seven years ago. Okay. I've always worked in entertainment in some shape or form. I've also worked in education. I've actually started as a dancer. I've been dancing my whole life. Okay. Ever since I've been a teenager. Are you from LA or where are you from? I'm from San Jose, California. Okay. Yeah. Right. So I'm from San Jose, went to college in San Francisco. I was dancing out there. I was doing a lot of gigs for like insurance companies and okay. those, those big parties and stuff. I sure. did commercials. And then I moved to Los Angeles and I was dancing professionally, doing like commercials and a lot of live stuff in Vegas, just a lot of really cool, fun stuff. But at the same time, I was creating content. I was always creating videos. Okay. Um, so when Musical.ly turned into TikTok, I was creating videos on TikTok and stuff. And then just from my, my natural sense of bringing people together, I always networked a lot and like connected people a lot. And then someone one day was just like, why don't you just create like an agency? Because you keep on booking people for different random things in Los Angeles. And I was like, okay, cool. So I started an LLC. I, I started an influencer marketing agency. And then from there, I started working with TikTok. TikTok was like my biggest client. Okay. And I was working for about like three or four years with them, working on different programs on development right when TikTok started. So Musical.ly turned into TikTok and then TikTok had a lot of development programs for like DIY, for dancers, for comedians. So every so often I would bring on new talent over to the platform and we would walk them through on how to make really great content, you know, the best practices on to get good quality content, to get good views and engagement. But the biggest one was the Learn on TikTok program, which was a huge program during the pandemic. So they had this whole program to bring education to viewers because everything was remote at the time. Okay. So we were paying creators and we were bringing about like 100 creators onto the platform a month. Wow. Running webinars and doing one-on-one -on -one management with all these creators who weren't on TikTok at all. So a lot of our research was just do networking, cold outreaches and, you know, looking on Instagram to see who doesn't have TikTok yet. And then we would bring them on. And, you know, a lot of them to this day are still pretty big creators on TikTok. So you're getting paid by TikTok to recruit people? So as an agency, yes. Yeah, so as, as an agency, 
they say, hey, this is the deliverables. This is the project that we need. And we collaborate with them heavily to develop these programs and to bring on talent onto the platform. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I guess I've never really thought about how these social media channels start. You want to start a new social media. How do you get people on it? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't know this world. That's just one way too. There's a lot of different programs going on, a lot of approaches that they go. That's just one of them. And that's what I worked on. Okay. So you were doing that on the side as well as teaching at the time? Yes. So I was teaching full time at a school and I was running basically the performing arts program. I was teaching dance. I was teaching like film classes and production. Also um, collaborating with all the other music teachers and technology teachers and running that program. But yeah, I was doing that simultaneously. So I was running both programs at the same time. Okay. But now you're full time agency. Yes. So I'm full-time talent manager now. Talent manager. Sorry. Yes. So I have, (laughs) yeah, it's it's, all these labels get a little confusing, but uh, yeah, I I have my own influencer marketing agency, but also I'm on the team with this management team called Click Now Management. And we represent 17 creators and CEOs and majority of them are Asian. So we work in the Asian market a lot. A lot of comedians, people that focus in fashion, food creators, magicians, people that Focus with psychology. We have like everything. Animators. So what do you do to help them? If I'm a creator and I bring you on as an agency, what does that mean for me? So as a manager, it's everything. We run through every deal. So there's a lot of brand deals involved. There's a lot of book deals, movie deals, anything that comes to the plate. We partner with talent and we're like their right hand person. Okay. Yeah. With everything. We support 100%. And just look at the big picture of their career and seeing like, what is their dream? What is their one year plan, six month plan, 10 year plan? Where do you want to go and how do we get you there and stay on track? Are those conversations that they haven't had a lot? To me, at least from the outside, it seems like a lot of creators maybe started something and it kind of snowballed and they haven't had that kind of pull out for a second, get the bigger picture view. Mm-hmm. Is that the case or? With, with creators, with influencers are you yeah. talking about in general? I feel like it depends on the person. There's some people that really can be self-managed by themselves, but I think it's always great to have support no matter what. Everybody needs a team. Sure. In my opinion, just to keep everybody sane and to keep the talent sane and safe and make sure that they have everything they need and everything they deserve. I think a manager is really important for that. Yeah. I mean, it's a lonely world when it's you and a camera trying to create something in a room every day, right? Yeah. To not have any like outside influence. I know I feel that anyway with voiceover because a lot of times it's like you get an email you do the thing you send it back and it's it's easy to forget that you exist in the world when it's Mm -hmm. all digital and you don't have that real kind of interaction with human beings yeah i just saw something on reddit yesterday of this girl hosted a meet and greet at Mm -hmm. some conference or whatever and she has like 1.4 million followers and nobody came Actually, I've been seeing that too a lot on LinkedIn and everywhere right now. Everyone's talking about that, about like new age fandom and how that works and how it can convert to people showing up and selling tickets and all that kind of stuff. So it's very new. I I think that this is very new because every platform is different. Every algorithm is different between Instagram to Snapchat to TikTok to YouTube. It's all very different. And the followings on TikTok, TikTok is really great for engagement and for you know to be exposed because their algorithm is really friendly to everybody and that's kind of where instagram reels is right now that's just what i've been seeing but i think that 
yes, the, these stories, it was VidCon. They're talking about VidCon. That's where we VidCon, were this okay. weekend. Yeah. I knew you'd fill in the blanks for me. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to be able to get this one by. Yeah, VidCon. That's something that's very new. I think it's something very interesting that like I want to look into more. I think that everyone's going to start to look into more, especially with marketing and this whole social media world. Because, you know, influencers are the new celebrity. You know, when I'm working with kids, all you hear about their interests is influencers. Like, yeah. they're not really talking about the actors and the singers as much as you know when we grew up like it was all about pop stars and the cool bands and all that stuff yeah now it's all about tiktokers and youtubers and a lot of their dreams are to become a youtuber yep you hear it all the time i was just uh visiting my nephews in there like 13 14 and they couldn't believe that i didn't know their youtube celebrity that they were crushing on i was like do you, <laughs> you have any idea how huge youtube is like i don't and how would i even find them i don't know yeah like sometimes i'll go to youtube and i'll go in a in an incognito tab just to see like the fresh youtube that doesn't already think that that one video that i clicked on a, a year ago is like oh he's clearly interested in only <laughs> woodworking you know um but it's kind of wild how that is the the way of the world now where you because you have such direct access to these people you're like they're in there in your pocket all the time yeah it's a really interesting world it's just cool because like just 10 years ago people were laughing about influencers it was like kind of like one of those punchline jokes like oh you're an influencer oh mm -hmm. you just love attention oh you're a little gen z whatever like people were just kind of you know didn't give them enough credit but like now I think the credibility is so there, like me working with influencers for so long now, it's like I have so much respect for them because they're on all the time. They work so much and the amount of content that they're pumping out. I mean, just historically, you would need to put out like one episode of this every now and then or a song here and there. Da, da, da. Now with everything, this is across the board too, not just with influencers, but with musicians and and everything like content is so important and the amount you pump out is, is super competitive now but i feel like there's a need that you gotta put it out more consistently but influencers work really hard with all these brand deals with their appearances with their own organic content like they gotta keep up with it and it's very it's fascinating it's a fascinating world and a lot of businesses they're learning they need to work with them now it's interesting working with a lot of brands like we see a lot of great results working with influencers because you know you, it's, it's humanizing a brand you're you're attaching a brand to someone that's human and the audience is so engaged with them yeah there's daily. a connection there yeah yeah so it's it's really cool to see this new age marketing world sure and see it like bloom how does that how does the rate work is it like by okay this person is getting x number of views so we'll take that number times x or how, how is that all calculated it's a combination of different things it's uh, it depends on what the brand is focusing on sometimes they just want brand awareness and sometimes they want conversions sometimes they want sales based off of a certain post so it just depends and it's always important for us to be like hey what's your goal so that we know which direction to go but the way that works is just like, it's like a deliverable. Sometimes it'll be like one TikTok post for an X amount of money and they're able to use it for an X amount of time for paid ads or, and then, you know, staying exclusive to only that shoe brand for three months only and you can't work with it. So it's like, there's a lot of factors that influencers need to think about when they're doing these deals. Sure. Yeah. And that's where a manager comes in. Yeah. Managers, we supported that. Yeah. We, we, we help advise and we partner with everything. We, we have eyes on everything. 
So can you just, these numbers are so abstract to me. So can you, let's assume that if I have a million followers and I'm getting a shoe deal for three months, what would that typically look like as far as what the deliverables are and what kind of cash is involved with that? Let's just say that influencers can make a living, like a really good living off of these rates. And a lot of the times, I think it's still pretty new. Mm -hmm. These rates are sometimes are kind of all over the place. Some brands are just starting to work with influencers and some of them are fully on board and they know the worth. They know what they're going to get and they see the value. And there's some brands out there that are testing it out. So their rates are a little lower or it just kind of depends on where are you a legacy brand or are you kind of like a startup brand? A lot of it really depends and it depends on the talent, what they can take on with their energy. So if you have a million followers, there's no like, there isn't a spreadsheet. You there's can punch no, in. yeah, there's no like, it, it really is a whole combination of different. It really depends on the creator and like what their, what their value is and what they can get. Cause a lot of the times brands ask for the analytics. They want to know, they want to see the engagement. They want to see the data. And then sometimes it's based off of that as well. Okay. Yeah. So you could have somebody who has 3 million followers, but they're maybe not getting the rate that somebody who has a million followers, but has better engagement because of those analytics. It really just depends. So right now there's just this movement going on with transparency, with salaries and rates. So I think that it's been going on in general. You know, there's some jobs out there where like there's some schools out there or some tech companies out there where everyone knows what everyone's making. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, so that's one like approach. And then there's some jobs where it's like, no, we got to keep that under wraps. But right now there's this really cool platform called Clara for creators. This girl named Kristen, she, I worked at TikTok with her. She actually created this really cool platform where you can anonymously share what rates you got, you know, if you worked with a specific brand. So there's a whole list of brands. Okay. And then you just click on it and then these people show anonymously like, hey, I did this deliverable for this much money. So you can kind of see what everyone's getting, what the playing field looks like right now. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. It's like the glass door or like rate my professor. Sure, sure. New age. Yeah. <laughs> do you have to pay as a talent? Do you have to pay to be on that or? No, you do have to sign up for it and apply, but it's, uh, you can, you, you get invited for that. Gotcha. You know? It's very useful. Creators sometimes just don't know what sure. to charge. You know? Yeah, if you exist in a vacuum, how would you have any point of reference for any of it? Yeah, because like if you're a new creator and you blow up and then like a big brand that you love reaches out and you're just like, oh, I want to work with them. But and then they offer something. Your first inclination is just to take it. Right. Yep. But then, you know, that's that's why it's so important to have a team to make sure that you're taking care of. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that because that, that waters it down for everybody, too. If you're taking like, oh, my gosh, I got a thousand dollars for this. And it's like mm, the going rate for that is 10 grand. Exactly. Know? It's yeah. in every especially in entertainment, like yep. with dancers, with actors. It's like there's constant movements going on in the dance community because I'm still part of the dance community is like, you know, not taking jobs that are really lowballing because it really affects everybody else's rates. That recently happened with the Super Bowl, I think. And then uh, some dancers spoke up about it. It made a difference. You know, yeah. people are starting to speak up. Yeah, it's, it's good. I think that the whole transparency thing only potentially hurts the people who are paying, right? The mm -hmm. bigger companies and the people who want you to make less money don't want you to tell people what you make. Yeah. yeah Otherwise, yeah. Everybody, I think it raises everybody up. Yeah. So can you walk me through like a typical week or maybe a typical day? What does that look like for you? For me? Yeah. 
So we stay in touch with our creators pretty often. Every day, it's a lot of email-based, a lot of calls, a lot of going through the inquiries of all the incoming brands and collaborations that are interested in working with our creators. Most of the jobs come from the brands contacting you, or do you go out and find the brands for them? It's all even. So like we we base it off of our existing network. We're doing outreach all the time as well. And we're also a lot of it's incoming too. Okay. So it's it's all across the board. How big is your is the agency you work for? So click now, the one that I'm working with right now, the management company. There's about four managers on board. And okay. then the owner of Click Now is her name is Mylan and she's amazing. She also owns a chopstick company, which is called Crop Sticks, and she was on Shark Tank. Really? Yeah. And she's, it's pretty awesome because Crop Sticks is carried at a lot of different restaurants, at Four Seasons, at Disneyland. Like, it's it's pretty awesome. It's sustainable chopsticks, and it has this built-in rest for the chopsticks to, to, to rest on. Okay. Her whole idea came from, like, she was in an airplane, and then she was eating with chopsticks, and then she kept setting them down. They kept rolling off. Oh, sure. Of the desk. The little tray, thing. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Those things she, are a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how her idea came, and then it came to fruition. And the cool thing about that is that she was actually working on a TikTok program that I was working on as well. So that's how we knew each other. And that's how I hopped into her team because we were already working together and we, we worked really well together. And I know some of her coworkers as well. But she's a rock star, too. She owns that company and it's flourishing. She also teaches at UCLA. So she's also an educator. Her and I have that whole thing yeah, where for we're sure. teachers. And it's cool because it's like teachers as talent managers is very good because we're very good listeners. We know yeah. how to work with people and, you know, give them what they deserve. Sure. And I suppose experience corralling a group of kids doesn't hurt <laughs> in this business either. <laughs> so, okay, so to get back to walking through the week so you're getting oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're getting emails in about different mm -hmm. deals yes and you have a lot of contact with your talent yes and then i assume there's a lot of meetings it's a lot of meetings a lot of strategy calls a lot of like hey does this fit in your goals can this get you to where you want to be a lot of it is talking with other agencies that we collaborate with too that also bring in a lot of partnerships as well a lot of it is going to events and networking events with the talent. We're on set with them as well, just to kind of oversee certain things and certain deals that we collaborate with. And it's pretty constant. Gotcha. Yeah, it's pretty constant. It's really fun work because you get really close to these creators and these, these are creatives. You know, I grew up as a creative too, so I understand some people who aren't in entertainment, they think, oh, just go in there and do that quick voiceover, or just talk and press record and be done, da, da, da. or just make that video really quick and da, da, da. they think it's so easy. But like we understand the creative process so well and we respect it. We are very sensitive to it and we want to make sure that everything's on track. Sure. Yeah. Do you deal with a lot of burnout with creators? That's another thing that we do as well. We keep an eye out too, because with everybody on the team, including like the worker, uh, the, the, the other managers, managers yeah. and all the creators, that's something that we always check in on. Like it's always talent first. We want them as a person is always first. When things get real busy and their load is really heavy, our first question is always like, hey, are you good? Yeah. What, what do you need? Do you need time? We have to make sure that's first and foremost, because especially in this day and age, everyone's burning out. There's this huge conversation about burnout nowadays, yeah. and we have to make sure that everyone's healthy. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. with social media, like you never get a break from it, right? It's always on. Mm-hmm. It's always, I'm terrible at social media. I, <laughs> I, I've just never, I've never took to it. The things that I have done on it, it's like, this took me hours upon hours to make. Mm-hmm. And somebody posts a picture of a taco and it's all over everything. And you're like, this is, this is dumb. There are no rules. <laughs> um, I don't remember where I was going with that. I think I'm still just. No, the main thing about like working with hundreds of influencers the number one thing we always say is like, don't overthink it so much. We were pumping out so much content that, you know, as artists, we get very, we're like perfectionists. We're sometimes we're afraid to let something out because once it's out, you're like, oh my God, I wish I did that differently. Yep. We get so in our heads. But the real magic is this when that idea comes up, you do it and then you get it out. The magic's already there and you're going to be posting a lot of content anyway. So, and you can always do it again. You can always redo it if you want to if you need to you can still redo it and still post it out there and it's fine yeah but the main thing was just don't overthink and just get it out there because a lot of us get in our heads a lot yeah 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 for sure and especially like the whole isolation thing that can just become an echo chamber if you're trying to pound out a video in your room or whatever the Mm -hmm. case may be so when it comes to the deliverables that you're talking about from a brand what's the structure of that contract look like is it like you need to mention our brand name this many times or is there kind of a formula for that or usually it's like hey these are the deliverables we're looking for this is how much usage we're looking for this is the exclusivity we're looking for this is the time frame that we're looking for and then there's usually a creative brief that goes along with it where it's like, hey, here, here are the main talking points that we want to target. And a lot of the times it's really cool because brands are like, hey, we want your artist, we want your creator to do what they do. Sure. Like we want them to write the concept. We want them to. It saves the brand on the writer. It saves the (laughs) brand on the, yeah. like Yeah. I mean, it saves it that too, but it also keeps it authentic to the creator's platform. Yeah. That's why they're hiring them and not a full service ad agency to execute it, right? Exactly. Yeah. And you know, creators keep in mind, like, and creators, they only work with brands that they really like and that they are, they're down with it. They're like, oh yeah, I love this. Let's do this. A lot of times there's strategy calls with the brands and they walk through certain things and it's really smooth. A lot of our creators were really smooth. We work pretty fast and it's really impressive. So are you privy to the information of like how well the brand gauges it? Like, do you have, do they share metrics with you? How do you see that feedback that it's productive beyond just the view count or is that enough? In my experience, every company is different. Some companies are really transparent. They're just like, hey, these are the numbers that we experienced last quarter and this is what we're seeing works. And they're being super transparent about like how many sales they got from this type of video. Da, 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 da. And that's really helpful sure. for creators because it's like, oh, yeah, that's like building more success. But some companies are they keep it internal, which is understandable, too, because it's like their information. It just depends. Sure. And it doesn't hurt to ask. Gotcha. Yeah. This world is so foreign to me, the, <laughs> the influencer world. I feel like I don't necessarily know what questions to ask you. The main thing with influencers, it's just that they are very hard workers. I think that people have this idea that influencers are just running around taking selfies and just hanging out and getting free stuff all the time. I think it's important that everyone knows that they are working. A lot of the big, big, big people, like they have a team, they have a schedule, they have a lot of things to do. You know, of course, they do their fun, organic content, but then also it's like, it's also their job. You know, it is fun for them, but it's also, it's a job. Yeah. And to keep that in mind, 
it's interesting because a lot of people, especially in my family, they're just like, like with my parents, like I kind of tell them what I do, but they don't fully grasp because they're still on Facebook only. Yep. So I have to like really paint it out to them slowly, like how this world works. But even some friends of mine who work in tech, like influencer partnerships is still new to them. And they're just like, wow, that's so interesting. So fascinating. So it's still a growing industry. Sure. Yeah. For sure. My sister-in-law told me I could drive Uber one time when I was like, I had four campaigns on the air Mm -hmm. and she was like, you could always drive Uber. And I was like, if you had any idea how any of this works, like (laughs) if you don't have that touch point on the entertainment industry, you don't have any idea how there's actually very real money involved and people are making great income on, on things that you maybe didn't even think about. I mean, that's the whole reason for this podcast. That's why we're sitting here today. Yeah. It's awesome. The influencer world is, I love it. I think it's really awesome. It's created a platform for a huge diverse uh, amount of people from all paths of life like at tiktok i was working with woodworkers i was working with doctors i was working with you know animators like everything you could think of every niche you can think of i was working with and it's fascinating to see what was really popular and what was booming like glass blowers was huge in our program so people were really? creating glass blowing videos and they just blew up I hired a lawyer once, but she's like, she was also a parenting coach and she like blew up and she was on the Kelly Clarkson show and Good Morning America. And she would identify herself as like an everyday mom, but then she just blew up into this parenting coach that looked at different alternative ways of parenting. Sure. Got really big. So it's just a lot of different niches being brought to life. You know, we had a girl who's huge on couponing, you know, couponing is a huge community too. Oh yeah. Where she would go into a store and leave with like hundreds of items, but only spend 50 cents. And it's just really cool. Yeah. There was a TV show about that on TLC, like yeah. quite a while ago now, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I remember when that concept was like, great, now you have 500 rolls of paper towels. What are you going to do with that? And it's like, <laughs> well, you don't think about that part. It's just the you getting, just, just for getting free. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what matters. <laughs> Yeah. So was there a point before you went into the manager side of things that you wanted to focus more on creating and mm. and do that for yourself? Or mm-hmm. it's interesting because you have both sides of it, right? Like you've created the content and now you're managing. Mm-hmm. I assume that helps you a lot in the role too. Yeah, I think there's definitely still space. The cool thing about social media is that it's all in our hands. Like it's very accessible. Mm-hmm. If I have downtime, I can create a dance video real quick if I wanted to. I was creating a lot of travel content actually for years. I was traveling a lot and I was posting a lot of content on TikTok just because I was traveling so much. And I got a lot of really great views on that. And it was cool to see people's comments and, you know, on the places that I've been. So like, I'm still traveling a lot. So I'll still post videos every now and then. And I'm still dancing. The last thing I did was actually during the pandemic, I was doing, I did a thing for Boss Baby. We were doing an animation so I did a commercial for Boss Baby 2, the movie. Oh, okay. And uh, they said, hey, can you choreograph a, a cool TikTok dance? And we're going to animate it and turn it to the babies. So I was able to do that and work with the animators while still managing at the same time. Oh, that's cool. You did like the motion capture suits and everything? The cool thing is that they didn't need it. Oh, really? I thought that I was going to need to get suited up. But working with the animators, they took my videos, they gave me notes, and I would create different versions of the dance. And then they worked off of it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That is super cool. <laughs> Animation, that world is so fascinating to me. I just did an animated thing and they were like, we've been working on this movie for four and a half years. It'll be five years that we've all worked on it before oh my it comes out. Yeah, it was wild. 
That's crazy. I mean, especially in this world where so much stuff is just project by project by project to land into something that's five years of your life, six days a week. I mean, it, it was wild. That's nuts. Yeah. We have a really great animation duo called Tubby Nugget. There's this little cute character that comes from this like other world and they have about 4 million followers on TikTok right now, a little bit okay. over that. Their story is they're a couple and they do the voiceover, they do all the short form animations together. They do a lot of comics together and they're working on books and all that stuff now because it just blew up so much. Wow. So, Tubby Nugget. Tubby I saw Nugget. that on the website and I meant to check it out around. <laughs> yeah, kids love Tubby Nugget. I've done some speaking things at the school and kids just love it. They'll use their allowance money to buy the plushies of Tubby Nugget and all that stuff. So huh. It's just really cool to see that. Yeah, that is pretty cool. From the outside, the way that I see it is like, if it's good, it's going to work. Mm -hmm. It's the barriers to entry are so low mm -hmm. that it is like the strong survive, right? Is that, would you say that rings true? Yeah, no, totally. I think that if there's definitely something there, I think the number one thing is don't hesitate to ask for help. A lot of people like to do things by themselves. Yep. And I get it. It's your work. You know, you want to control it and stuff, but I think it's important to really just so that there's no like complete burnout is just to always ask for help because people want to help. Yep. You know, people really want to help. They see something that's really amazing and you see that they're passionate about it and it's like really engaging and they just love it. They're going to want to help and be part of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good to hear. It's fresh right now. So I've just been through all the like editing, like multiple 16 hour days, getting things together and everything. Oh and gosh. I was like, cause I've done everything myself. Like I taught myself illustrator for the, the logos, all of it. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to somebody and they're like, you can hire somebody to do that. And I was like, ah, you know, I could, but I don't trust that. I understand. I get it. But in the long run, because I've been through that too. When I first had my agency, like I did everything. I was all over the place doing every single thing. Yeah. And when I first started as a talent manager, I should have delegated more. And I've learned that through time. But I think that's with any job or any anything. I think that hiring interns or something like people want to learn. And I think that you have a lot of experience too. Like you have a lot under your belt too. And people would want to learn under you. And I remember me being a college kid, I would have loved to just be in the presence and to help in any capacity. You know what sure. I mean? So, and it, there's platforms like Fiverr and all that stuff where you can actually hire people yeah. to help and you can see their work and you can train them. It's, it's, yeah. it's totally doable. It does take time, but the payoff is better. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't be an expert in everything. Like you kind of have to narrow your focus at some point. Yeah. But I think it also it helps you appreciate and know what you want more if you teach yourself how to do something and then figure it out. And the cool thing like with YouTube and everything, like you can learn anything that you want for free mm -hmm. on YouTube. And the thing that blows me away is like, let's say you have a specific issue and you punch it in. There's 10 different videos to choose from. So not only can you get your problem solved, you can choose the style that you like, mm -hmm. the person who's visually pleasing to you. You can choose all of that and it's all right there for free. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. No, totally. It's it's all there. Like Gary Vee, I listen to a lot of his stuff. He always says like, there's just no excuse. Yeah. There's no excuse nowadays. Like everything is there, like in your hand. Yep. And I always keep that in mind. His voice is always in my head. Like there's no excuse. You just got to make it happen because yeah. it's, it's all there. Yep. There's all these resources and you just got to use it. Yeah. It's all. Yeah. So then on the, when I go to YouTube and I'm looking at this tutorial, there's a good chance that that person has a deal for whatever I'm looking into. Right. So it's like mm -hmm. maybe for me, it's like, oh, I'm looking at something in Photoshop. Maybe Adobe is sponsoring yeah. the video. Right. And that's where you come in with 
this creator is creating this content that's incredibly valuable mm -hmm. and it's helping a lot of people and we're selling a product alongside of it, which is just how the world works, right? Yeah. I think if you're creating content that's of value that people can use, it's just undeniable. Like it's, it's inevitable that it's going to work. Yeah. Like as long as you're giving them something that they didn't know that they needed, that's usually like our saying, like it's, it's just give them what they didn't know they needed. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's true. Is there a point with talent where you think there's like a tipping point of you're ready to bring someone on and you feel like you can help them or do you have a cutoff or an entry point, I guess, of like, oh, once you have X number of followers, then you're on our radar and we'll start working with you? Or is it a factor that you see in them? What It's a whole combination of things because we have, we have musicians coming to us. We have business owners coming to us. They're, they're all so different. Okay. And it's, it all just starts with a conversation like, hey, what are your goals? What are our goals? Do they align? There's a lot of factors and they're all very unique. So it's, it's hard to say like, oh, we're just looking for this amount of followers because sometimes they can have a lot of followers, but what is their big picture? Because well, a lot of the times we like to work with creators that have a lot of goals that make an impact in some kind of community. Mm -hmm. Like we look for a lot of different things because it does make a difference. I think that when you're leading with the purpose, like a big picture purpose, I think that it's just, it's always going to work in my opinion. It's kind of like your North Star, right? It guides you. I feel like it can be easy to get off the path with all the distractions and everything right now, especially in this space. Yeah. 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 Influencers, they're hard workers. They do a lot. And not just with the workload, but also just like with comments. Sometimes there's like a lot of there's waves of hate comments that happen sometimes or it's just, you know, you we've all seen like the trolls in, in comment sections. Like it can become a lot. And if you're not prepared for that, it could be really taxing yeah. on a person and it could feel lonely sometimes when that's happening. So there's, there's just a lot of factors that come in line with it all. Yeah. The anonymity, the anonymity and anonymity. Yeah. The anonymity, thank you, of the internet really brings out the worst of people. Oh yeah. Gosh. I can't imagine some of the, I'm sure that you'll deal with specific issues being a primarily Asian mm -hmm. management company, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you've yeah. seen some horrible stuff. I mean, just from seeing all the stop Asian hate situations going on in the world in the recent years, like that in itself was already hard for our community. But the cool thing about the Asian community is that we're like, we're really solid. We're really strong. Like we got each other's back a lot and we look out for each other because it's like embedded in our culture already. But yeah, seeing it, like visibly seeing it with all the videos and seeing that they're targeting like the elderly in the Asian community and just like all the hate comments, like it's, it's, it is a lot for everybody. But at the same time, it like kind of made us stronger. It made us like, uh, we're not going anywhere. This is who we are. Yep. On the positive side, we're seeing a lot of solidarity as a community. We're finally seeing great representation in mainstream media mm -hmm. in general across, you know, everything, movies, TVs, music, everything. And I think it's really exciting to see because sure. as a kid, I didn't see that a lot at all. And I didn't even recognize it until like I got a little older, seeing the impact of it, even at the school, like when I would present and I would talk about what I do, what my job is, because like we would do some speaking events where I would tell the kids like, hey, here's my job. This is what I do. And then I explain like Tubby Nugget and I'll explain all these creators and these huge TikTokers that they've seen. You'll see the one or two Asian kids in the crowd, their eyes are just like glowing and they're so excited and they, they feel so proud. Yeah. Just because 
they see someone that looks like them. Yeah. Like it makes a huge difference. Sure. Yeah. It's cool to see that there is representation a lot more across the board. And you're definitely seeing that in all facets of media and in commercials and all of that. Yeah. Maybe this isn't a great question, but do you feel like you have a good gauge on why things go and why things don't go as far as like what goes viral and like, oh, this thing's not going to work? It depends. There's a market for everything. There's an audience for everything. So it's just a matter of reaching the audience. Yeah. What's that example? Like what's the one example of thing, something you've seen? You're just like, what is this? Why is, does this have 20 million views? <laughs> oh, see, this is the problem with the internet. Because as much as it is like it's here and gone, uh -huh. I'll see something like that's dumb. And then I completely forget what it was. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to fail you. You're not supposed to put me on the spot. I'm supposed to put you on the spot, Andy. There, there's just a lot. There's so much content out there. There's, there's like the clickbaity kind of stuff where it's just yep. like the shocking da 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 da, or the like the pranky kind of stuff. And then there's like the really moving, emotional like story where yep. the dad comes home from that from yep. from war. Like there's all war dogs. Yeah. War dogs are the that I'll watch those videos. I get those completely. Yeah, I get. I totally get those because I watch those. I, I love those videos they're very moving but you know there's just an audience and a market for everybody i, I think feel. maybe the thing that surprises me is the the prank and and prank culture mm -hmm. i would have thought we'd move past that by now as a society <laughs> but i guess not i guess it's still alive and well yeah in our days it was jackass yeah yeah we had jackass and i feel like jackass was uh, maybe this is a get off my lawn kind of take but <laughs> it didn't seem like jackass was as much targeting people who are just trying to go about their day you know, like someone's just trying to buy ice cream. They don't need you sneezing and then spraying something on their neck to get a reaction <laughs> that now Jackass did things of that yeah. as well. But I guess it wasn't as as widespread and it wasn't 50,000 of them out there doing it. But I guess that market is it's kind of like reality TV. It's like you just want a break from life from the nine to five. It's refreshing for some people. They just want to leave all of the complicated stuff and just watch some like simple fun sure. content yeah it's like a it's like a mass appeal sitcom kind of thing but on the internet right mm -hmm. so has there been anything for you that you're like wow i can't believe this is going but it's really going that's a good question it's funny because there's some videos where i'll be like i don't know how the f that got viral but i'm laughing because i look at the business side of it where i'm like that's kind of genius sometimes there's something that's just not my vibe like something i wouldn't watch but i'm looking at it in the marketing point of view and i'm like wow that was smart like i can see it what they're trying to do and what they did to plan that in the market so i can appreciate it with like a different lens sure yeah <laughs> What are your personal goals, right? So you're managing now. Where do you see yourself going with all this? I just love artists. I love the creative process. I love it all. I still like to create my own stuff for my own personal hobby. But also, I just love creators and artists that can create really good stuff, really quality stuff. And I love to help them get to where they want to be. My big goal is just to work with my existing talent, work with my team, because I love the team I work with right now. We're all very close. We all work very well together. I love what everyone's about. We're a very diverse group of team members. We're really aligned on a lot of things. And our talent is just, they're all amazing. And the main goal is just to get them to where they want to be. We have some influencers that are crossing over into like mainstream Hollywood, where they're getting into TV shows and movies and all of that. And I think that's a big wave that's happening now. That's very recent, actually. Like the Rolling Stones cover issue, they just had their first creator issue 
Oh, really? Yeah, we went to that event actually, and that was it was a really great event. But they had Bella Portion to, on the cover, and she's a huge influencer, and that's a big cultural impact in itself for Rolling Stones to have a non-music like cover. Sure. Uh, whereas influencers, it really shows that cultural impact is there. But um, yeah, a lot of influencers are creating music, and it's doing very really well. A lot of them are in TV shows now, so I, I feel like there's going to be this huge wave of creators still creating their content, but they're also going to be in like big time movies and sure and doing yeah. It's like their content gets them noticed to to get into that and on mm-hmm. to the next thing. Yeah, a lot of people were afraid. I think that a lot of people were like, "Oh, I can't be an influence. If I'm going to be an actor, I can't be an influencer." Because, yeah, for sure. Like um, you reveal too much of yourself. Yeah, you lose the mystery. And, and a lot of people are like, "Oh, it's going to label me as." as an influencer only i get that i understand i understand why people had that mindset but just from what i've been seeing i feel like there's going to be a huge shift in it all because there's some really cool companies that we've actually partnered and worked with that are focusing on producing movies with big time creators like they're partnering with them and a lot of people are getting on board with that and i think it's it's exciting sure it's exciting work Do you have any advice for young people trying to get into the industry? A lot of people, you know, even for young or old, I know we hear it all the time, like it's never too late, like it's kind of cliche when you hear that. But there's a lot of truth to that, especially in the content world. When you go to VidCon, you'll see the youngest star. You'll see a lot of animals too. There's a lot of famous dogs and puppies and stuff out there too. Oh, sure. There's a ton. Um, but they were all there. And then you'll see like an 80 year old person. You're like, oh my gosh, I love you. Like they're just blowing Your knitting up. videos are amazing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that's what I love about social media is that there's a space for everybody. Sure. It could be the most random thing. Like a friend of mine, all he did was put his camera on top of his blender and he would blend different things. And he reached almost like 300,000 followers. And it's just like, and is that person getting brand deals? They're no longer creating content, but they're their blender break. Or they're what? like a, <laughs> they're a director. They're also an actor. And, you know, this was just something they're like, oh, this could work because it fits into that oddly satisfying category. Yeah. So it's a whole ASMR like. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's a huge, huge, huge category on social media right now. So people found it very soothing to just see solids come together and blend. I don't know what that says about us. <laughs> Right? I mean, yeah. not That's knocking anyone thing. on any sides, but it's like, do are we stopping and thinking what we're actually doing with our time in this? Yeah. I mean, it, it's cool. I mean, that's that's another cool thing we could talk about. It's just like all the niche things that I've encountered. In well, yeah. What are, what are some of them? Um, so that was one big thing. A lot of ASMR. ASMR was really big. It still is big. So a lot of the creators that I brought on to TikTok was just people eating. They love to see eating videos. And that's mukbang. So it's just like people love to watch people eat. But if you have the right materials and equipment like this, yeah, yeah. and you're literally just eating, and if you're talking softly like this, and you know, there's something smooth, like soothing about it, just hearing every detail about it. You know, do people do research? I think people are still doing research on it. Like what's sparking in people's brains? Yeah. Like what part of the brain is being active when you're listening to these things? So there's like a science behind it all. That was a big thing that we saw was really working and it still is working. Yeah, like I said, glass blowing. A lot of people like to see woodworking. 
Woodworking is cool. I feel like there's something primal about seeing something made from wood. There's something so beautiful about the dovetail joints coming together. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's my own blender video, right? It's just a different (laughs) thing, right? Why am I watching somebody glue a shelf together? I don't know. A lot of people love to see like hacks. They like to see things you didn't really think about. (laughs) My biggest takeaway from the last five minutes has been that I just got to turn this baby on when I eat and maybe I'm a star. Maybe is that, I I never know. know. It could be the most simple thing though. Like a lot of people with content creation, they, and as artists, we think very big. We have big ideas Mm -hmm. when sometimes like you really just need to think simple. If it's a very clear idea and it's the most simple idea, the audience will retain it. They'll be able to understand it quick and they're going to engage and latch on quicker. You know, oh, that is a good point. Yeah. So it's like, w- that's one big thing that I learned throughout the years of doing this is just like, it's the same thing with, with, with directors, with writers, with musicians, their ideas are so big. And I'm like, hold up. Like, I, I get what you're saying, but people are just not going to get it. And you gotta like, I don't want to say simplify or shrink it down to anything, but just make it so that it's digestible yeah. for people to understand. Especially in today's day and age, because if they don't get it right away, there's a billion other things fighting for that time, right? Yeah, no, totally. Unless you're like Lady Gaga or Beyonce, like you can just do whatever. Like They don't listen to this podcast, you know? they're fine. <laughs> but like, it's when you're at that level, you kind of have more room to just do whatever. But like, you know, I, I think that, actually, you know, there's an argument there too. Like, I think it just depends. Sure. It just depends. The only yeah. rule is there are no rules. Yeah. Exactly. Especially in social media. Another thing like for people listening out there, it's like, just start, even if it doesn't make sense, just start. Because in the creative process, in any creative process, as you're creating and as you're putting stuff out, that is a learning process in itself. And that's a creative process in itself where things will mold together and you're going to see what works, what doesn't, and it's going to refine your craft. Sure. Through that process. Yeah. So people think, oh, I need to prep. Oh, it's not perfect. Da, da, da. But you really, you're just holding yourself back. Yeah. Nobody nails it right out of the gate. Mm -mm. Yeah, there's a process for sure. For singers, for actors, everybody, just get it out. Yeah, Like, we just want to see it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for taking the time and coming in, Andrew. I learned a lot. Of course. So where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram, at Andrew N. Din. So Andrew, letter N, and then last name, D-I-N-H. All right. Thanks, Andrew. After Andrew left, I could not stop thinking about how simple is better and to just do it and get it out there. It really inspired me, and I funneled all of that inspiration into this. Mmm. Welcome to Mmm. What flavor is that? The only audio ASMR experience podcast about chewing gum. Okay. Obviously, that's not real. But if you want a great podcast that's actually real, check out Themes and Variation. I was recently a guest on episode 47 titled Songs You Prefer to Listen to Alone. It's hosted by Carter and Mihaly. Lee. They're two brilliant musicians, and they have this podcast where they talk music with other brilliant musicians and non-brilliant non-musicians. I'll let you figure out where I fall in in that. We had a blast recording it, and it shows in the audio. I'll link it in the show notes, but go check it out. You actually already know Carter's work because he gave me the music for the ASMR bit. So now that you guys know each other, kind of be rude of you not to listen. In any case, thanks for listening.